In early 2019, when I was slowly gathering interviews to launch the podcast on Spotify, I came upon this unique and gripping podcast, Euphemet. The initial episode title, Beyond the Veil, had me hooked. Jim's methodical and practical approach towards the stories and their paranormal aspects helps the listener understand it more without the spectacle and jump scares that usually accompanies paranormal-themed podcasts. He records the actual audio from the location, the casual conversational approach. It all adds to the relaxed documentary feel that I'm obviously a fan of. Euphemet stands out as one of those podcasts that I listen to regularly. And tonight, we talk with Jim Perry, the host and creator of Euphemet. We talk about his early experience with the paranormal, interesting guests he's had, and his foray into the unknown. Enjoy. We have a very special guest. Uh, I'll get this out of the way, so... We can talk freely after, but I'm a big fan of this podcast. I've been uh, referring it to pa- to listeners uh, to listen to it. To be honest, uh, when I started to podcast about 2016, it was a very small podcast, and we were inspired by, uh, of course, lore when we started hearing it. But when I found out about Euphomet, it shifted to Euphomet. It's all Euphomet. The way you present your stories, the way you... It's very cinematic given that it's a podcast. It's very cinematic, your use of music. So uh, please uh, don't get angry if uh, sometimes... Uh, I, I will have some future episodes that are very Euphomet-inspired uh, because uh, the, the way you did it was you were really going to these people and getting their stories. And uh, the way you captured it, the way you got natural sound into the story... It was very inspiring for us. So I'll get that out of the way. I'm a big fan. <laughs> thank you for accepting to, to be a guest. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, my friend. And I, I really look forward to hearing what you produce. And, and if it's any bit inspired by Euphemet, that just, that just uh, I don't, that, that feels really good, you know? Because I, I think when I, when I started that process of making the show, it was in an effort to peel back the veneer of what I had heard and what I had really enjoyed in broadcasting in terms of paranormal stories, but to, to go beyond the, the campfire element and to go beyond the history and really dive into the people behind these stories. It was so important to me. And so anytime there are, you know, podcasters that are inspired by uh, digging even deeper, maybe, or, or just even if they are already challenging themselves to uh, step out into the field sometimes or produce just a, you know, trying to bring some cinematic quality to what they're yes. doing too. is like, Oh, it feels so good. So yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I I've listened to, uh, you know, I've, I've listened to some episodes of your show since you introduced yourself and yeah. uh, I'm loving what you're doing and I'm, I'm so fascinated by, by your work and, and some of the people you've talked to. Yeah. Unfortunately, most of our episodes are of course in Tagalog to give you a brief background of, we usually uh, do things anonymously. People who reach out to us uh, want to remain anonymous because uh, the Philippines is mostly a Catholic uh, country. And sure. again, if you hear sto- if you share stories like these, uh, you're branded as sometimes you're branded as uh, touched by a demon or something like that. So sure. most of our guests are remain anonymous. We have to give them fake names. Me, I I I don't give out my real name because. 
again, I will be branded by <laughs> my relatives, my mm. parents. So I, I don't tell them about this. Uh, similar to one, one, of, one, one thing you said, I think, in one of your episodes, you said that uh, you cannot judge the people who come to you and tell you their stories because it's their story and you're just there to, to, to relay it and to, to share it with the world. So mm. me, I cannot be the critic. I cannot be the, the naysayer of what they're saying. And I, I just have to... Again, I have to share what they're sharing. And it's very similar to what you're doing. It, you're actually, when I heard you from it, it really res- resonated with me because I kind of feel I'm, I'm doing this. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm, I kind of feel I'm doing the same thing here. Your show is a little bit bigger with, in terms of scope. So, Jim, if I, if I may ask, um, it's usual for us to ask this question. But again, for you, how did it start for you? Uh, I read that uh, your interview in the Democrat Gazette. You start. You told that story about the ball, so you, you can start with that. But they didn't. Exp- you didn't expound on it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I don't remember telling that story <laughs> to them, but I'm sure I did. And uh, that was a really fun interview to do, actually. You know, it, it. I was very lucky to grow up in a household where paranormal thought, the idea of unusual or strange things occurring to us, was generally accepted. Uh, a history of, you know, sort of ghost stories and cryptid sightings. Um, some of it was campfire tale, right? Some of it was just family lore, but 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 there were portions of it that were directly related to families having incredible experiences they couldn't explain. And so, when I would have something occur to me as a young child, it would generally be accepted, and I, I wouldn't get any sense of pushback or. Uh, ostracization from my family. The incident you're referring to is one of my earliest memories of something strange, and that was sitting in my safe space as a kid, which was the the, the front room of my great grandparents. You know, I have World War II vet grandpa chain smoking on on the yeah. Davenport, <laughs> as they would call it, yes. and we would watch TV there in the front room. On this particular day, it was just me alone, sitting cross-legged in front of this old tube TV. This was early 80s, of course, and out of nowhere, this this ball emits from the screen of the television. And this bright blue electric specter of a ball flew past me. I, I, I chased it down into the kitchen, which was also where the front door was located of this particular house. And I watched it take a corner, take a sharp corner, head from the kitchen right out the front door and, and then, you know, disappear into infinity. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, since then I found out about things like ball lightning, but there's also uh, a part of me that, that uh, when I hear those stories about sacred mountains of paranormally active uh, vaulted locations there is very similar experiences that people have with these with these balls yes. with, the, with, with these balls of energy so um you know you know that was something that i saw no one else saw it was yeah. just me and i'll never forget it and it was just one of those things where it's like i felt out of the ordinary even if it was 
something scientifically explainable. It didn't matter to me because it had it had an effect. And and I think once you start experiencing those things and you live in a situation where your family says like, no, no, yeah, weird stuff happens. Mm-hmm, These mm-hmm. things occur. You can start getting into a system of belief that allows you to uh, be open-minded to a lot of different things. And it's not until you're, I think, encountered with a uh, a contrasting force of yes. someone going like, no, that's not yeah. real or, yeah. hey, focus on something else yeah. that for people like me, that can kind of slip away. But yeah, that was that was an early experience I had and uh, and and one that I'll never forget. Can I ask, uh, you mentioned that your family also had these unexplained experiences. Uh, can you share at least one or two of those with us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I love telling people about the 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 side of my mother's family uh always provided really interesting stories and so did my so did my dad's side but in a different way and i can explain a little bit on that too yeah but uh uh, essentially you know my my grandpa would tell us stories about running into a sasquatch while logging in the pacific Mm -hmm. northwest now this was a full-time job you know yeah through the 70s and 80s uh, he was up in those remote hills. Uh, anyone who would look at these areas would say consistently, well, if Sasquatch does exist, this is exactly where he would be, he yeah. or she or they would be. <laughs> and he would tell me these stories about, you know, encountering him him and his logging crew encountering these beasts. And in particular, corroborated one story with my grandma they told a story to me one time about them driving through the forest together, mm-hmm. uh, one of these old logging roads, and stopping uh, at this bluff. And there was a hill above them as to where rocks were being thrown at mm-hmm. their car. Yeah. Like, what? Somebody, what's going on? What's, is, is it avalanche? Is someone messing yeah. with us? To, <laughs> My grandpa looked his head out. My grandma looked her head out. And according to them, this huge Sasquatch was standing on the side of the cliff yeah. above their car, uh, throwing throwing rocks at them. Yes. And they took off like bats out of hell and, and went back to town. And, uh, you know, it was shortly after there that I think my grandpa started working in a mill and stopped going out into the forest all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but... It, it, it's it's those type of things that whether that was a campfire story or not, it helped inform my curiosity and led me to voraciously read as much paranormal content I could get my hands with. You yes. know, when I was a kid, it was like, can I find the Bigfoot book in this library? You know, and maybe they had one or two and yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it would set off these situations. Um, it it extended this 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 kind of power this gracious power of belief that was bestowed on me by my family extended to my grandfather and my mother having this really incredible relationship. My mom called it ESP. Yes. And I would witness on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day, my mom walking over and picking up the phone and just starting to talk to my grandmother before it even had a chance to ring. Yes. And on the other side too, I remember my grandma walking over to the phone. They just knew 
when each other was calling without yes. any sort of rings yes. ever. <laughs> um, and it, and, and, and it was weird to other people and it's weird for me to think about it. And it's weird when I ask my mom about it now, but then it became commonplace and it was yes. just a, it wasn't even a family joke. It was just, yeah, that's, that's how it is. And so that's how I, that's how I grew up. Yeah. My friend, I grew up in a place <laughs> where the extraordinary was, was normal. And, um, I, I feel very lucky for that and very confident. And I think it helped me, uh, turn into the person I am now, which, which hopefully is one that, that tries to be as empathetic as possible and, uh, and share a little of that, like sort of familial love with others who, who maybe like, as you're saying, like have, um, let's just say that they would perhaps be judged much more harshly than I was Yes, for having a, you know, belief in this or an interest in this or having an experience. Yeah. For the two people, uh, the two people who came in the room, um, actually, uh, Sam grew up seeing the whole spectrum. He could see, he, he grew up feeling that, Oh, there's so many people around me, but he didn't know that some of them were spirits. And he would wake up sometimes, I'm, Sam, I'm telling a story for you, uh, would wake up and see uh, some, someone on top of a tree waving at him. And of course, he would see spirits uh, walking nearby. And mm. for Liz, on the other hand, uh, she has an affinity with uh, human spirits. And uh, it's not the same as some people would say that she doesn't see them bloodied and all that, but she sees them as normal people. And she couldn't tell if they were real or not, because uh, if they were alive or not, because she would see them as real people. And for a time, she felt that she kept it to herself. And uh, she felt that she was crazy because she would see things that other people wouldn't see. And you know, th there, uh, so again, for here in the Philippines, because of, because of religion, organized religion, well, Catholic religion, that uh, people keep it to themselves and, you know, just share it to people like us. Yeah. You mentioned uh, in one of your episodes that it could be inherited. And from the people we've talked to, we feel that it is in inherited, but not for all. But do you feel that you've probably inherited some of it from your mom? You know, I've been told I have. You know, okay. I, I've been told I have. I mean, I, I, you know, I always get very, this is a, this is definitely a, a personal thing that I'm working through and, and with the help from a lot of friends and, and varied opinions. But I have a really hard time describing myself as having abilities and it might be for the sake and, and this just for me personally for the sake of those others that I'm communicating with that I'm that I'm desperately trying to tell their story um, because there is a power in that identity there there is a defined quality to accepting that that mantle I think of, of having abilities. Right. And so yes. I always, um, it's, I, I love that you asked that question and I always like get a little shy about it um, yeah. because I'm, because I have, I haven't come to that place personally where I, I want to accept that mantle, but I'll, I'll, I mean, the, the lineage on my mother's side that produced those ESP abilities and yeah. those experiences that, that I had uh, witnessing that, uh, comes from a line of um, indigenous peoples that were a part of my family. Mm -hmm. 
and these indigenous peoples, these Native Americans, uh, they, th- this line of women called themselves white witches. Okay. And this was sort of an adoption of the patriarchal term uh, from, from what I've read. Yes. In, you know, they, these, these like white folks don't understand that we're telling them that we possess some sort of shamanic abilities or medicine work or whatever it may have been. So we'll adopt these terms that they recognize, you know, and, and a white witch is something that would be recognized as something as, as doing uh, a positive um, magical workings, I suppose. So, you know, if that, that was, uh, you know, my, my great grandmother Mm -hmm. um, on my mother's side. Uh, was you know kind of brought that to the table in terms of the family lineage and yeah. and you know there there's some been some very sweet um, some sweet stories I've been told about kind of like a, a, a deathbed passing of powers where yeah. uh, essentially my grandma shared that that her mother my great grandmother you know held her hand on her deathbed and said you know the the you know it's yours now. Like this, this power is going to be yours. And, uh, you know, it it just so happened with the last couple of years, that same scenario happened between my mother and my grandmother Mm -hmm. on, on my grandmother's deathbed. So, you know, I I believe that there is a possibility of inheriting these abilities. um, And there's also an ability to inherit some of the more extreme maybe negative side effects of certain um, awarenesses, right? Um, There's a lot of evidence to suggest that those that experience something that would qualify as, as abductions, Mm. you know, so did their mom and so did their grandma. And, you know, there's, it's funny, it comes back to what you were talking about in terms of the temperament of the Philippines and how judgment plays such a huge role in our inability to share, you know, the true nature of who we are. Yes. Look back in history and that that's across the board everywhere. Yes. Right. And so <laughs> yes. there's even individuals that, you know, believe that, um, let's just say there's other individuals that identify as a different gender or yes. identify as a different sexuality yes. that uh, a lot of people back in history will, and will go, well, where are those people? And I was like, those people were all there. Yeah. They just weren't saying anything <laughs> yeah. about it because they couldn't, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, like yes. it would be, it would, the stakes were much higher. And so I, th- I think that's what we're seeing with the uh, potentially the abductee phenomenon with uh, individuals with psychic abilities, potentially with those that have different awarenesses. Uh, there is seemingly a, a strain of inherited abilities that exist there. But I, I must also mention that, uh, you know, there's also a part of me that believes that belief factors heavily into our involvement mm-hmm. in these experiences in general. And so, when you start looking at the implications of how consciousness plays a part in our relationship to whatever is beyond that veil, is it possible that, you know, these shared levels or inherited levels of 
a heightened consciousness around these things or an acceptance around these things because of that family story yeah. allows us to simply open that door as to where the kid next door never got that support. Yeah. Um, not to say that's always the situation because there's so many others that, you know, um, as you mentioned, Sam, like maybe he has uh, these abilities, but it is, uh, is forced to keep them quiet or, or uh, led to believe by other people uh, that they're, they're bad or that, you know, you're going to hell for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, John Tenney and, yeah. and some others, and I'm ranting now, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, it's okay. Go uh, ahead. Just feel free. Uh, yeah. so, some would suggest that, you know, the phenomenon doesn't care what we think and the phenomenon doesn't care if we believe it's it's going to do its thing but but i would argue that the 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 phenomenon also doesn't know if we're paying attention or not sometimes and a lot of people they don't pay attention it's not a part of their conscious state of being they're kind of locked into their consensus 3d reality yes and uh, and they're rolling along so if if inheritance you know uh if inheriting inheriting these things is by nature or nurture Maybe it's both. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Maybe yeah. it's a little of both. Now that you see it, it makes more. I mean, it makes sense to me because um, what, what one of the people we've talked to, who is again a, a sensitive or a psychic, said that she said that uh, she's been in the field for forty plus years. When she was, uh, I think, when she was in college, when she entered college, she met someone who became her mentor. But she said that it's in all of us. Everyone has that sensitivity, and it, when you say it's nature nurture, if it's it's nurtured in the family, it comes out. And if it's not, I mean, in my case, probably I have it. Everyone again, everyone has it, but it hasn't been nurtured, so it it hasn't come out. Also, I, I have a theory to that, and I'm, uh, uh, these two will laugh at me because I keep going back to this. Um, <laughs> yeah, curious, yeah. So, Great. are you familiar? I, I've heard you mention it, but not a lot. You've mentioned the Theosophical Society of Madame Blavatsky. Sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. she has that theory. Uh, they have that theory about the root races. Mm. So we are in the fifth. I think we're in the fifth root race, and the third root race is the Lemurian uh, civilization, and mm. uh, one of the uh, famous parapsychologists we talked to, he said that the Philippines was a part of that root race, part of the Philippines. That's why I realize sometimes that there are a lot of Filipinos who have that sensitivity. A lot of people are saying that. So mm. I have a feeling that that root race, part of it was here in the Philippines and the lower part of the Philippines. That's why we get a lot of stories from that lower part, from that southern part of the Philippines. And I have a feeling that, again, these people with these abilities, with these uh, inherent sensitivity to to the unseen world, uh, they come from that root race. That's just me. I mean, yeah. that's just my my theory on it. Right, right. It's interesting. I, I, it's so fascinating. And I, I, I mean, what's really fascinating to me is how other countries and other cultures, um, y- you know, interpret or uh, or or think about uh, different classical works such as Blavatsky's work Mm -hmm. in, in the United States, you know, especially in, in the sort of awakening that, that a lot of folks are having right now uh, here in terms of things like racial inequality that are, you know, are, are bubbling up, you know, there, there's a lot of um, 
old thought, old new thought, I'll, I'll say it that way, yeah. old new thought <laughs> that has been challenged by certain communities because we're very sensitive to, to, to talking about uh, things of that nature right now. Um, so, so anything that um, elicits uh, an idea or a conversation about uh, things such as root races, for example, yes. uh, are very some would say trouble problematic like in 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 this country right now and like uh tricky to kind of like dictate and talk about but i think what we're also seeing is that there there is such a a vast opportunity to reflect upon what those other belief systems have been throughout throughout the ages yes. right and and especially it's also very fun to to break down and and see what those possibilities of, of thought experiments were by people like Blavatsky and the other new thought leaders and those in the occult, right? And, and to see like, what are some of the commonalities between what we're looking at here? Yes. And, and how does that inform some of our understanding of, of where some of this could be? Or is there opportunity within this material to understand how we can better relate to one another within the context of this strange? And so- yes. What's interesting to me is this idea that places like the Philippines, perhaps extra charged because of some sort of uh, connection to th this concept of Lemuria, yeah, right? And, and all that that holds. And for people, I mean, maybe that's something you guys talk about a lot. I haven't talked a lot about Lemuria uh, on the show, except with, and I've just been talking to friends about, yeah. <laughs> about things like this yes because it, because it, it gets to the point where it's like it's some of the weirdest stuff you know it's some of the weirdest stuff but it it those um ideas and what has been written uh have informed every contemporary idea of the paranormal sense yes so yeah it's fascinating to me yeah, I've never heard that about like uh, the Philippines. That's really yeah. fascinating. <laughs> so they're saying a part of it, but I tend to backtrack sometimes, so there won't be a clear structure. So I hope you don't mind. Oh yeah, no worries. Yeah, okay. Oh, so good. when you mentioned that story about your uh, grandfather and grandmother with the Sasquatch, I'm not sure if you've heard about it in the Philippines. We have this uh, cryptid. It's you could say it's a cryptid, but we call it a, a capre. Mm. The capre is uh, technically it's a tree elemental. It's tall, it's dark, it's hairy, and uh, mm. you see it in the woods. <laughs> so, uh, and people have seen it. Sam has seen it. Sam has seen it. And wow. uh, technically, they are elemental. So, again, the parapsychologist told us uh, there's this person, Alan Kardec. Mm. He had the Book of Spirits. It was a, he's a French person. I don't know what, what year it came out. But, but he deconstructed uh, the elementals. So technically, they are. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but technically, mm -hmm. they are uh, earth elementals. We have rock elementals. We have water elementals. We have. I mean, this technically, um, uh, mermaids. I mean, this is based on the people we've talked to. But sure, mermaids are sea element, wa water elementals, and the capre is an uh, is a tree. Sam, if I'm correct, is that right? Tree or earth elemental? Is a tree elemental? Mm -hmm. So. It, it, it kind of makes sense to me that when you talk, when people say Bigfoot or Sasquatch and they see it in the woods, same here. They see this big, hairy, the, the only difference is 
Here, they're darker, and uh, they smoke tobacco for some reason. And Sam said... Oh, wow. Yeah, and Sam said, the reason they say it smokes tobacco is because it's, you smell you smell that tobacco smell. Uh, but in reality, not all of, all of these creatures uh, smoke tobacco. And yeah, I remember one of your episodes, uh, sorry, I forget who you were talking to, but he said that uh, the Sasquatch or the Bigfoot talks telepathically. Mm-hmm. And it, they're saying it's a quantum creature because it disappears. Again, because it is, yeah. from our understanding, these are spirits and they live in a separate dimension. They slip in right. and out. So yeah. there. So my theory is Bigfoot, Sasquatch, they are technically Cree elementals. So I'm not sure if you would yeah. uh, agree with that or what. <laughs> Sam, you're going to say something? Uh, yeah, and uh, bear in mind that, um, uh, like, for example, the Sasquatch or Bigfoot are, how do you call it, described as hairy, but yes. it is kind of white compared here in the Philippines that it's black. And I think that it's good to mention that there are instances that elementals here in the Philippines looks like that because the people around them are like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, co- coming back to the dwarf, um, yes. how do you, the dwarf theory, that, yeah, the, the, the story that um, a dwarf here in the Philippines would look like a Filipino dwarf, yeah. but um, an Australian dwarf looks like an Australian person and the, yeah. an, a dwarf from the Middle East, Middle East yes. literally looks like a Middle Eastern person, but it's in a dwarf yeah. form. Yeah, yeah. To, to give context to that story, we talked again to that uh, woman who we talked to who had 47 years of experience. She said that, I asked her the same question. When you go to different countries, she goes to Sedona for the Crystal Fair, I think. But they ask her, when you go to different countries... Uh, do you see the same elementals that we have? Because I wanted to know if we have more or we have less. I don't know. And she said, yes, when I see dwarves, we have, we call them duende here, which is a Spanish term. We have, we have when we she sees dwarves in different countries, their faces are uh, similar to the, to the natives of that country. So th- the theory there is they adapt to whatever they are nearest to. So I, I, I'm not sure if you've, if there are stories that you've heard that you haven't shared with the pod, your podcast about this. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I think about this a lot, and uh, especially in terms of looking at old UFO literature. Mm-hmm. You know, before there was sort of the gray alien yeah. that was popular in our consciousness or the little green men, it was a lot of human-like beings. Yes. And these human-like beings you know, at, at the end of, towards the end of the 1800s were in d- dirigibles, basically. They, they were in floating um, balloon ships. They were in blimps, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And, you know, these blimps would land and out would walk essentially normal, just white folks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would stand out in the field and they'd sometimes give people pancakes that tasted bad and, they would have this exchange somewhere along the line. Um, you know, cultural influence within the, sh- with, with the, the image that the phenomenon takes is, is just become so clear, you know, even within not just the, the, the elements of who is within that cultural space, who is there, but also I think it reflects things like internal, paranoia 
and, and trauma within mm-hmm. the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. You would see situations where when the United States was, was uh, very paranoid about, uh, you know, or, or suffering from post-trauma from war with, you know, you know, Asian countries. Yes. You would see like this term might be loaded. At least it is here. We don't use it anymore, but yeah. they would say the space people or the, the, it would be the men in black. Yeah. Uh, or even some of the space people would be Oriental in, in how they looked. Yeah. And so that was occurring at a time when there was like this tense kind of paranoia yeah. over what our battles were or were yeah. going to be. And so I, I think, you know, um, I think it's almost all elemental, honestly, you okay. know, the, the, okay. the, the more, the more I go along with this, I think there's more, I, I think if, if we are to find any answers, which maybe we never will, yeah. I think it lies somewhere within the quantum space. It lies yeah. somewhere within, uh, you know, the study of consciousness. Uh, it lies somewhere there. It lies in multidimensionality potentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't think these things are all physical all the time. Yes, that's true. Um, and I've had people, you know, have this experience in, in one of the recent episodes of Euphemet, I had this great story where uh, this woman identifies as a witch. She lives on this island out on the coast of Washington State, uh, very close to where I had lived for a very long time. And these islands are, you know, they're not desolate, but they're very, they're pretty, rem- they're very remote. You have to go get there by boat. It's always foggy. You know, mm-hmm. it always looks like a Stephen King novel or, <laughs> you know, uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah. And she's, she's going down the road after feeding her, her friend's cat. She's, she's going down the road in her car. And her headlights hit this incredible silhouette on the side of the road. She gets closer and realizes that this is a, a wolf-like creature mm-hmm. is how she describes it. It's essentially a wolf man. Mm-hmm. They lock eyes. This thing is terrified and, you know, it darts away and she takes a corner and turns up the road and is rattled. Yeah. She's like, oh my God, what did I just see? I saw like, that was a wolf man. What, yeah. That was a dog creature. What yeah. was that? And she starts thinking about it. And as kind of that shock subsides, she starts to realize that that thing was so scared. It was scared of me. I was like, I, it was more scared of me than I was of it. She was like, "Oh my god, I, I, I was the UFO. Like my car, <laughs> yeah. my lights, shot, yeah. like I was the UFO. Uh, I was intruding into its its space." And so that got me really starting to think about our relationship and how we always feel these things are coming into our space. But what if, we're what if we're also going into their space? Yeah. What if we're also on occasion, the intruders in this. And there's just some sort of conversation that we have forgot how to have with this other side of the veil. Yeah. That, that's a constant story here in the Philippines because uh, because of progress, because of industrialization and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we expand into more dis- more spaces that are uh, used to be part of nature. So mm-hmm. we would get a lot of stories of uh, we actually talked to a, a feng shui master recently, and he said that uh, a, a school was being hunted, and so 
he went there. He's psychic. He went there and he had this piece of wood removed because he said, oh, this piece of wood, is, uh, there's a heavy feeling on it. And one of the people who moved it suddenly came back to him and he could see that this person was possessed. He was possessed by an elemental. Oh, wow. And when the elemental came to him, the elemental said, why are you moving this tree? We've been here longer than you. Why are you doing this? Mm. And he had to negotiate. He had to find a way to negotiate. And again, there are a lot of stories of uh, people saying the same things. That uh, This is a theory from one of the, peop- the psychics we've talked to. Uh, they said that, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Uh, I'm, I, well, I haven't heard it from your podcast. But uh, whatever emotions we, we give out, negative and positive emotions we give out, uh, it also, also we have so we have elementals all around us. And whatever emotions we give out, we also affect them. So if we have a very negative uh, household or negative uh, disposition, whatever elementals are in in our vicinity, they absorb it also. They're usually passive, but if they mm-hmm. if you push that out, it gets to them and it manifests in them. They become yeah. they become evil or they become good so uh mm. that that's one of the mm-hmm. things they they say sorry I'll, I'll just tell you this story one of the more interesting stories i've heard please um so back in the 90s there was a group here in the philippines they're called spirit questers they studied under this person who taught shaman shamanism and uh, mostly he recruited uh sensitive people people who could see but again i'm sure from the people you've talked to you you would see that psychics have different uh, strengths, right? Some could do remote viewing, some could see spirits, some could um, be more sensitive with uh, the seeing the future. So again, they have different abilities. And they investigate. They're technically paranormal investigators. They have cases every Saturdays. They help people without payment. They help people with problems with elementals or spirits. And one in- interesting story was uh, there's a big lake here in the Philippines and a kid died, I think. And they talked to the water elemental, the undine, and they asked, why, uh, why are you doing this? Why are you taking one soul per year? And the undine or the water elemental said that there was a, uh, let's say there was a shaman before, years back, who did something to us and we're just doing it in retaliation. It's like, a, it's like a curse mm. on this land. And then she saw via her mind's eye that these uh, water elementals were keeping souls in jars. I mean, that's she, does, she didn't say, oh, I didn't see the jar. But in my mind's eye, I could see that they were keeping these souls that they were getting. And she asked, why are you keeping the souls? And the water elemental said, oh, we're keeping that as a bargaining tool when the end of the world comes. So that we have something to bargain with. And that thought said to me that they also don't know what's happening. I mean, they have their own belief system. And they don't know really what's... what's. They have their own religion. They have their own faith. Yeah. So, again, that uh-huh. was very interesting for us. Oh, that's so... Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, so many people, I think, when they get into this stuff, there's this idea of almost an all-knowing aspect yeah. to it, right? Like uh, the ghost knows the answer or they know the answer on the other side. And the idea to take a step back and go like, wait, 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 why? Who who said? Like maybe maybe they're just as confused as as we are, you know? 
that's that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if you uh, got into that. You're you're more uh, I would say you're more bookish and you're more uh, methodical when it turn when it comes to your guests. But have you noticed uh, similarities when you talk with people who have abilities? I mean, in terms of what they experience or their abilities. In- yeah. Oh man, that is a great question. There there are similarities, but I think based on a person's natural disposition mm. and their whatever their relationship to consensus reality is really informs how they present um what they are willing to believe mm-hmm. or endorse yeah so I, I think i think there's a there's an element of risk involved for individuals who are gifted yeah who um inherently believe so strongly about certain things about either themselves or the nature of how all this works that 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 are the ones where the stories are from a storyteller's perspective yes more complex to try to tell sometimes and the reason why is that when i help individuals tell their stories i i really do want to help them connect with as many people as possible because at the root of what i do is to help those experiencing this phenomenon or these abilities or whatever it may be connect with others who may be feeling similar, but feel alone. Right. And I want those people to feel less alone. So sometimes surety is, I think the wrong thing to display in those situations. Mm. And instead an ability to say, well, what if not, this is how it is. Yes. Yes. What if, and, um, that would be as, that would be a, uh, it's a great question. That's why I'm like, I'm having to it's kind okay. of like <laughs> contextualize it as I go along, because I think that that is one of the qualities of, of the individuals that, that I talk to that, that do, um, believe they have certain abilities and have, have experiences to, to qualify that for themselves is, um, what is their relationship to consensus reality and how does that affect how they present themselves and how does that affect their gifts in general? Because, you know, and I'm not judging by saying that either. Mm -hmm. I'm not placing a judgment on anybody. Um, If someone has great abilities and also a tremendous amount of answers about things that maybe in my own belief, I, I don't know if we, can have answers to um maybe they're just on a whole other level um and and what i'm bringing into it is is not a judgment on that um but i do i do have to pay attention to to what other people's prejudgments may be and if i can help help individuals tell their stories in a way where they're not turning people off yes um i try to do that a little bit especially if there's you know if there's good intent there you yeah. know um i want to help preserve what that good intent is i hope that answered your yes, question yes, a little bit. yes it does 
was a great one. Uh, actually, it brings me to another question. Uh, how has your, I mean, I haven't asked, but how has your view or belief system changed after all the people you've talked to? Mm. Ha- has mm. it changed? Has it shifted from when you were, again, b- before you started the whole, before you started UFOMIT? I think that I've found I'm both more skeptical and more a believer than what I ever thought. <laughs> uh, there are some things that that I am so drawn to within the, the study or the exploration of the phenomenon where I catch myself and I go, man, I have, I have just, I'm completely bought in like yeah. <laughs> on this and I am so into it. Yes. And like, can I trust myself as the, you know, sort of the, uh, am I a reliable narrator for this? Yeah. Right. Um, thinking if I, if I'm to think about it journalistically, which maybe is a problem in, in its own. Yeah. Uh, and then there's other, there's other things that I, you know, I, I find myself having natural judgments and snapping into re- reacting instead of respecting. Yeah. And you know, that, that I learn a lot about myself in that regard too, about what are some of my hangups because just because someone's reality is different than mine does not mean that it's wrong, right? That's true. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think if anything, my work with Euphemet has confirmed some suspicions that I okay. have. And <laughs> those suspicions, a, a chief sus- suspicion would be, uh, I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I, That's true. I know. I know less than what I thought I knew. And the more I'm out there, the more it, it's proved to me. Yes. And, you know, that that's, you know, listen, um, that that's a challenging and also a wonderful place to be, I think. A, a place yeah. where you're um you're not atheistic uh, mm-hmm. and and you're you're not ambivalent, uh, but you you are engaged in the unknown of it all. And okay with not knowing, and uh, you know I see a lot of people, um, and and I and I love it. Uh, a lot of people are into this for answers and to find answers, and I and I really respect that. And I think those are some of the heroes of the field. Um, these are great journalists. They're great researchers. They're great podcast hosts, and they really want to get to the bottom of certain things. And it that we we need that for sure. I have just found myself uh in a complete understanding that that's not me (laughs) (laughs) and anytime uh you know i'm I'm pushed in that direction to try to um corroborate evidence uh find these dates yeah um back up this story with scientific evidence i you know i get a pit in my stomach and i go like no i don't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) i feel the same way Somebody else's job. Yeah, who's way more qualified than me. Yeah. So, I, I I remember saying that to to the audience, to the listeners, that it's not for me to to do that. It's it's for you to be the skeptic. If there are things that do not connect with you, that you do not believe, then find out. I mean, I will find out what I can, but I mean uh, th- that stuff is up to you or up to other people. I I, I was I was. Uh, intrigued by when you said that there are certain things that you are drawn to so what what what's what are those things that you're inclined to believing easily oh um 
man i am a i am a sucker for the entire ufo phenomenon okay you know um i've i've had experiences with seeing anomalous lights and i have um many many times yeah in my opinion per, per my perspective yes um and and there have also been occasions where you know i i fool myself and I think I've seen something extraordinary, but immediately uh, it's confirmed as something uh, pedestrian. And so I, I know I'm I'm ready to believe and I'm ready to jump in yeah. to anything relating, you know, a mysterious lit object in the sky. And in accordance to that, you know, I am fascinated by the experiencer phenomenon uh, and, and the story of contact and the story of abductees yeah you know i i don't i don't know what's going on and again that's not my job but the cultural implication of i I don't and and again it's different in the united states in the united states all right to set the table you you can most usually be accepted by mainstream culture if you've seen a ghost yes if you say you have premonitions uh, depending on what communities you are in, especially if you're in a more yogic or metaphysical community, then the doors open to all sorts of, you know, mystical experiences that are welcomed and you're not judged by. If you've seen now because of the New York Times story and yeah. the emergence of UAP phenomenon and UAPs, yeah, you you can now be in the United States, uh, maybe mostly in the Western world. And see a mysterious lit object in the sky, a UFO, and you won't be judged. And people will be curious and they want to talk about it. Yet, the, the subset of individuals that identify themselves as abductees are still very much on the fringe of what people are willing to accept or even go into. Even if it's suggested that there is something more metaphysical happening, the... Our culture right now, especially in this country, are, are still very lock and step with these are all, if, if this is real, these are physical things, right? Yeah. Like yes. if UFOs, if we can't explain what they are, then automatically it's it's an alien. They're, they're not even going to the space where a lot of quantum scientists are going, Yes, you know, that are saying like, guys, listen, we're trying to tell you like, no, we might know like kind of what like, Let's talk about this in a more scientific way over here because it could be more strange than aliens is what we're trying to tell you. So, so we're not even there yet. So, so I'm fascinated with the stories of those individuals who uh, for decades have this feeling that they've been visited, that things have been um, perpetrated on them yes that they have these intruders essentially that you know in some cases are benevolent um wisdom machines uh that you know share life lessons with them and and others that are you know completely um it, I should have said benevolent if i said malevolent yeah <laughs> these other ones that are malevolent yes. and and are are, are are dark forces infringing for and, free will and, yeah, one hundred percent. So, I'm, I am satisfy, satisfyingly obsessed with 
the connection of uh, the occult world and channeling and its relationship to the abductee, the experience movement and UFOs and what role consciousness may have in all of this. So when, when I'm, when I'm geeking out, you know, I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading old books on that stuff and I'm learning up on the history and learning about guys like Al Bender and reading great Barker and, um, you know, and then going back to my favorites like John Keel and, and, and thinking about ultras terrestrials. And that's, that's my, uh, that's my spot for all this stuff personally. Yeah. Have we got some stories for you? <laughs> so, uh, my man. I, yeah. So personally, again, these two are already laughing in our chat group, but, uh, yeah, this is one of, again, my personal favorites. I mean, I mean, a, a deep dive into it. And, uh, I think three weeks ago, or sorry, maybe four or five weeks ago, we got to talk with another spirit quester. She was a spirit quester in the eight, in the nineties, late nineties. And, uh, eventually she shifted from just talking with spirits and all that. She shifted to plant-based, uh, I'm not sure if it's plant-based medicine or, anyway, it's all plant-based for her. And it's kind of more shamanistic and she started communicating with uh, aliens. And this is a consistent thing with other stories we've read online. And mm-hmm. um, so I asked her, uh, what are these aliens? What are the aliens? And uh, she said, again, without judgment, she said, uh, I'm just telling you what I see and what I've, who I've talked to. So I'm sure you've deep dived into this. You've geeked out about this. You've heard about this. She's talking with uh, positive aligned, positive aligned uh, ETs. Mm. So these are the Pleiadians, um, I think Syrians. And... Uh, they're say they're telling her uh, things that might happen, mm. and they're telling her. So I've, I'm sure you've heard of the ascension of Earth as of this year. Mm. It all started for us because uh, Liz earlier part of this year, the February I think she reached out because uh, she felt that her her kids were being haunted. Mm. She asked us if we knew anyone who could take away the third eye of her child because she felt that her kid could see. So I didn't know anybody. Eventually, we found an exorcist. He's not a priest, but he's an exorcist. He, he does exorcis- exorcisms. And while we, after our session of cleansing with Liz, he told us that for some reason at the start of this year, uh, more people are seeing things. They're seeing elementals. They're seeing spirits. He said that for some reason... The frequencies are mixing. Mm. Uh, there's a movement of the earth that uh, there's a reason that uh, there's a mix in the frequencies. And that's why we're seeing more of them. Mm. And of course, I didn't know about the age of Aquarius. I didn't know about the earth's ascension. And every time we would have a psychic in the call, I would ask that, have you been noticing it also? And again, when we talked to Maria, the light worker, she explained to us that earth was ascending into that. Mm. I'm not sure if it's a fifth or the fourth dimension, fourth density. So, the aliens are here to help us move the into that uh, other density. And there are negative aligned uh, entities, or let's say ETs, who are pushing back because they don't want us to, they don't want Earth to ascend yeah. to that. So these are the reptilian, supposedly. 
reptilian and negative aligned orions so again this when this was being told to us by uh, again it was being told this to us in filipino in tagalog it was like what there are filipinos who communicate and yeah again it was it was a big shock to us and yeah. i was all in i i believed it all yeah. the way <laughs> when she was telling me I, i believed you i believe you uh because for for the common folk it's just grace and apparently she said this is what she said she said that grace were from the future every all the elders are from the future we are in their past technically right now we are in their past and they've been here ever since And the mission is coming to a fruition sometime in, I think, 60 or 100 years. It's coming. And mm. they're trying to move us because apparently uh, whatever we evolve into, we do something horrendous in the future. That sounds about right. Yeah. And they're trying to move us away from that. If you've been hearing the same things. And uh, there, so we are from the past. And grace are supposedly us in the future. But some mm. of them are, that's why she's saying that they are negative aligned because they encroach on our free will. The other uh, positive aligned uh, ETs, they cannot encroach on our free will. They cannot abduct. So most mm. of the abductees have seen grace because they are the ones who are doing the, mm -hmm. yeah, so there. <laughs> the, yeah. I have some more uh, shockers for you, but we could, we could, we could start there. With what you've yeah. heard, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating, man. I mean, spending time in some of these really trippy locations in the United States, like like Sedona, for yeah, example, Sedona. or Eseti Ranch in Washington State. You know, you you begin to be surrounded by this sort of metaphysical UFO community, and and it's. One of the personally, one of the things that scare me the most is like the paintings, the the strange paintings that are out there of these different alien races and all of these stories. And then when some of these individuals, um, you know, uh, they are they they are committed to the idea of what these stories represent, and to me being surrounded in that place it reminds me of being in church mm. it reminds me of a new religion <laughs> and you know so so the other part of growing up you know on my mom's side it was all esp and yeah. sasquatch and everything else on my dad's side you know my grandfather was a pentecostal preacher and you know pentecostal that's speaking in tongues that's yeah healing with your hands mm. uh if you want to look at the snake charmers the snake holders and yeah. in in you know rural parts of america even to this day uh that's that's pentecostal church and so uh going to a space when i was really young uh, we didn't have to go to church often we we never really had to go but on occasion when we would go sitting next to this kindly old woman that in the middle of the service starts breaking into hysterics yeah. and speaking in this foreign language yes. at the top of her voice in a different voice, mind yeah. you, in a different yeah. pitch, you know, it, it, you, you feel like you, you are on, you're on a different planet. 
you feel like uh, this is not this is not home base anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, I the, the the closest I've had to that experience is being in a place like East Eddie Ranch, and seeing the true commitment of some of those individuals, hearing people speak in light language, which is this channeled chanting language assumed from some of these uh, beings. Uh, it, 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 it starkly reminded me of that feeling I had as a little kid. And it was this feeling of like something very human is going on here. This is not all intervention seemingly from, from some, something else. Um, and listen, I could be wrong. Maybe it is 100%, but just personally, it's one of those places where as in to like you are saying, like that history of it, when, when I've experienced individuals that have been so deep on the other side of it, that they've almost lost their tether to be able to communicate to others about it. And then it's like, oh, well, then that's a shame. Because if they are telling you all this great information and they're sharing these very important things, yeah. you have to still figure out a way to be grounded enough to yes, tell that to other people true. so it matters. Yes. Or you're just going to be there alone with the, yeah. the, the bird-beaked blue Aryans and yeah. we're going to be... <laughs> We're gonna be, uh, you know, waiting for some sign as the, as the world is ending. So, <laughs> I actually asked her that. I said, knowing all of this, knowing knowing all of the information they've given to you, what? How do you keep sane? I asked her, how do you keep sane? Yeah. How do you? Yeah. So she said again, the term you used. She had to ground herself. Yeah. She had to 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 live with her family. She had to do chores. She had to understand. Mm -hmm. I asked her. Knowing all of this, uh, what have you been doing? I mean, she said, I have to keep alive. I have to do a job and I have to earn money. I have to, <laughs> yeah. to support myself. When you spoke about channeling, again, this is another thing I want to ask you and if you've heard of it. So we've talked to this girl in Amsterdam and she, she's a channel, but she says that um, when she when I initially talked to her from Reddit, she told me that uh, she has synesthesia. So she could see aura around people. Uh, she joined a group in Amsterdam. Sometimes they would channel demons, but they would be the others would channel light beings, hmm. and they would question the demon for information. Again, they were trying to learn, and she said, particularly she there were uh, for several times there was an entity. The best thing she could describe it as was a, a time spirit. Hmm. And it would channel her, and it was grumpy, it was it was angry at uh, humans, but it would show it would whenever it would channel her, she would see the timeline. Yeah. Hmm. So have you heard about the time spirit? Because I, I was intrigued. At what is that time spirit, or have you heard of anything like that? I, I really haven't. I've heard of others experiencing something similar uh, in psychedelic states hmm. of being. In, able to tap into that time stream essentially mm. and sometimes that being accompanied by an elf like creature or a dwarf or some sort of shamanistic elemental sort of entity that is yeah. demonstrating to them this flow of time and these different points and these ripples and i've even heard of people you know engaging to the point where they're they're sort of touching the stream almost yes. 
inception i think he maybe does that even there there's where he kind of discovers this stream of you know so you know what does that mean you know i think what is really fascinating is when there is this level of information that is being displayed to some individuals and that that's really fascinating that then one person sees it through synesthesia and having this ability to kind of channel and then others have it through this you know self-imposed initiation yes of something like psychedelics yeah and it's sort of like bridging the gap of like what does that say about like uh that field of awareness um in these altered states being able to you know present uh different frequencies to us i that's that's fascinating but i've never heard of a time spirit before yeah and now i think i'm going to be mildly obsessed with that idea <laughs> we we still are <laughs> we're still trying to to find out was it ayahuasca the the psychedelics they were taking yeah mm-hmm. ayahuasca okay yeah so she said also she 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 was taking uh, when she would communicate with the, the starseed when she would communicate with the uh, aliens uh, mostly they would do about ayahuasca guided uh yeah. sessions also to communicate wow. Can, the um the interview with the individual from Amsterdam with synesthesia that's yeah. on your feed yeah I'll share it to you Fantastic. <laughs> that's great I'll share it to you yeah awesome I can't wait to hear that probably towards the end I'll ask you about scarier experiences because again uh, our podcast started out just telling stories about scary experiences and then it evolved into I mean you you probably felt the same way that the more you dive deeper. The wider the paranormal spectrum goes, yeah, right. But yeah. a few weeks ago, again, we 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 got to talk with a, a girl who does tarot reading, and the more we talked to her, she told us about when she would astral travel. There would be a tall man in a hat. She was telling us all about that, and she would describe the astral realm when she would see it as a dark place. It would be a dark place. It's similar to. Uh, the stra- Stranger Things, I, I forgot what they call it. Sure, the uh, Upside Down. The Upside Down. So that's that's a perfect description, she said, of the, the astral realm. A few days later, we're talking with another guest, and she's telling us all about her experiences. When she would travel, for her, it was in her dreams, but she would describe that place as something dark, and, and I asked her, does it look like the Upside Down? She said yes. And she would encounter this tall guy in a hat, and sometimes there was a woman with her and he would offer her candies. Hmm. And then I remember that story of the girl with, who does tarot. I told her, come in, come in. Let's try to connect. If you're encountering the same entity on, in the astral realm. And then the strange thing was, when they were describing that endless corridor, they were completing each other's sentences. They, they didn't know each other. Oh they were completing. Gosh. They were saying there was a, like a classroom. They were saying that there were guards looking over children. Then I found out that there is a subreddit just for the hat man. <laughs> mm. So from the people you've talked to or people who've gone to the astral realm or the astral plane, have, have you heard of this hat man? Or? I haven't. It's fascinating. I think the closest thing that I've heard Two in regards to a hat man is something they call in Northern California the Watchers. Okay, and it's it's this phenomenon of individuals being in in Northern California, the mountains, the Sierras, and 
having these fleeting experiences with these tall, lanky, humanoid creatures, these entities that also have sort of these these brimmed hats on. Um, usually this is happening, you know, towards sunset. Uh, they're, you know, sort of on the, they're, they're actually very close to how you described the Sasquatch-like mm, entity there yeah. in the Philippines is uh -huh. what people see with, with these watchers or some would describe them as hat men. Okay. So, you know, what's interesting to me about that is that when you think of the astral plane, you think of potentially a borderland. Yes. And, you know, when you're looking at some of these spaces where this watcher has been seen and the times of day, these are liminal times of day and usually liminal states that people are in when they're witnessing this. Yeah. And when you're thinking about the astral plane, you, you, you think of a similar relationship to that space, I think, in, in what people are reporting. So, yes. Is it is it possible that this this watcher or this this hat man just resides in that liminal space in some areas, you know, and and he is from the astral realm, and uh, you know he just enjoys sunsets or something. And he's gonna... <laughs> but yeah, that, that, cool. that, that kind of makes sense that he stays there. I don't. I just don't understand why he would get people and bring them there. So it's so fascinating that you put those folks together and that they were essentially finishing each other's story. Yeah. They were describing the place. Did you do a podcast on that? Yeah, but it's in Tagalog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in Filipino. We 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 gotta we gotta make an English language version yeah. of that one <laughs> together. It's pretty amazing, man. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so maybe if you again with, with the people you've talked you're talking to, maybe you you could you would encounter or ask the question off of camera. For people who've experienced this because apparently a lot of psychics have uh sam actually remember when i asked sam about it he said sam did you re see the hat man or just the endless corridor just the endless corridor and yeah i didn't see the hat man i don't think i've ever seen a hat man but it's so funny that you mentioned that you know um he just enjoys the sunset specifically in california though it's so weird <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's something to be seen, you know. Um, no, that that's really interesting. You know, I had a guest on a night drift, and it was uh, this this it was this woman. Uh, she's French. Um, I wish I could remember her name right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, it's and and uh, she travels the spirit realm and has a lot of understanding of that. And I think what she was describing as the spirit realm is uh is maybe exactly what you're describing as as the astral realm or what some of these yeah. individuals are and uh and and it is that place of many possibilities of a lot of potential and i think a place where is kind of seemingly for some of these individuals and and maybe sam has more insight on this but like in 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 what i've observed is almost like a a meeting place or a watering hole yeah, for for folks to connect with spirits, and that for folks that make practice out of that, like this is where they're going to to meet Grandpa, you know, <laughs> for the reading for his granddaughter, <laughs> and and this is where they are, you know. So, um, it's it's you look at the mythology that we have too about 
these in-between spaces, you know, between life and death. And I think that's where some of this gets incredibly interesting too, is that when we start thinking about that meaning of life aspect to all of this and, and the meaning of death, like we're, we're talking about some of the most fundamental questions that we have as human beings. Right. And it's like, are we alone? Um, do ghosts exist? Uh, what's on the other side? What happens after I die? You know? And what if the answers to those things all like, what if they're maybe similar answers? You know, that that's a fascinating idea. Uh, Jim, you might have, uh, again, before we close, do you have questions for, um, for us in, for the, for the stuff that you've heard about the Philippines or the, I mean, I have so many questions. Um, w- one of the things that I, that I really, I, I will want to talk with you guys again. And I think like, if you'd like to come on Night Drift, I'd love to have you as guests because I, I hold so much respect for the, for what I have learned about the Philippines from mm-hmm. Sapphire, for example, Yeah, that I'll have a lot of questions about, um, some of the stories she told me, some of the entities that are experienced there. And I'm also, I'm just also so curious about the relationship Filipinos have with the paranormal, you know, and, and I know places that are very devout, very religious, have a, have a bit of a different relationship than places that are full of heathens, like the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> but, um, or the West Coast, generally, yeah. let's just say that. Or the United States. I don't know what's yeah. going on here. Um, but but I'm, I'm really curious about that. I'll tell you, like, I would, I, I, I'm planning on going over there. So. Oh, okay. Just let us know. Yeah, I'll have a lot of questions. I think you guys will be really important in that. You should go with us in that road trip that we're planning. Oh, actually, yes. We were planning something. The restrictions lift. We were inspired, actually. Again, I'll, I'll tell you that. We're inspired by your by Euphemet that you would actually go to these people and to these places. And we the, this podcast uh, started rolling, producing episodes because of the pandemic, because we were stuck at home. And I got Zoom and, again, talking to people. And But you, you would go to these places. And we were inspired because we said, oh, we, let's go on a road trip. Because Liz lived in a, has an ancestral home, which is haunted. And they're further in the north. There's another house there that is very, very haunted. Okay, let's see. Let's go there. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, I mean, it's yeah. To to me, it's um, it's it's really exciting. And and one of the things that I'm most excited and and I'm so happy that you connected is that, listen, um, the the United States, um, and essentially the Western world, when it comes to the paranormal. And when it comes to the phenomena in general, it, it's a lot of the same stories over and over again. And it lacks an authenticity in terms of what is happening with the phenomenon through a varied set of cultures and countries. There, there's no global identity or idea about what some of this stuff could be. And the part about that that I don't like is that some of my best friends live in other countries and are and, and are from different cultures and you know it's it's these sort of things like uh sharing great food right or having a shared love of beaches right or 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 loving like marvel films or whatever that may be 
these these uh, touch points within our own lives that we can share together that bring cultures closer to each other that um, show us that we 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 all have unique and really uh, incredible individual uh, upbringings potentially, but that that we're also like very much more similar and and just exactly the same in yes. so many other. <laughs> ways right so yeah. um that that there there's a lack of that work being done in the paranormal space uh in my opinion and so i i would love to help like amplify you know your your voices um and i would be so excited to do that so yeah i'm gonna crash your your ghost hunt yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just let us know just let us know when <laughs> And then Liz right here will sponsor our ticket. <laughs> we should get a sponsor going to direct. We should if if ever that gym comes in, I think that it's not gonna be just for the northern part. I think that we should bring him near Biringan, near Samar. Ah, yes, that's another story. I think story. that's where that's where something oh that God, Jim would be interested in. Again, Jim, I know. I, yeah. I know, Jim, you have to go, but uh, just a quick story. But uh, we have this place in the southern part where I said that f I have a feeling that Lemuria was partly there. They have a hidden city. Uh, it's supposedly inhabited by, uh, again, elves or we call them Encanto, but they're elves. And they live in this high-tech hidden city. And people who live there have, transported, have been transported to that city without them knowing. They're just walking the forests, and then suddenly they see large buildings. And again, it's been said that it's a hidden city. And again, we try to relate it to to hidden cities in you know, in in England. And again, the stories are the same. They're they are they are a different race or something. I don't know. Right, right. We're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh man, sign me up. <laughs> okay. okay. So Liz, um, one, two, three, four. Let's include JM. So five tickets to Samar, please. Thank you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. This has been this is so much fun. I'm so glad that we met and yeah, uh, we got to do this. And uh, yeah, hopefully just the beginning. Love to have you on very soon too. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for talking with us and sharing also, Jim. Thank you. Absolutely. Just let us know. Just let us know. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. My pleasure. See bye you guys. Bye. Thanks so Thank much. You. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Jim, for taking the time to guest on our podcast. I'm a big fan and I'm happy this interview pushed through. If you enjoy a deep dive into the paranormal, I suggest you subscribe and listen to Euphemet and Night Drift. Euphemet is... In its fifth season right now, it's just started, so, so please head on over there. Jim talks to experts in the field, experiencers, practitioners of esoteric arts, and more. Links to Euphemet and Night Drift are in the show notes. Personally, I have a few favorite episodes. In one episode, Jim talks to a shapeshifter, someone who can physically change what they look like. It isn't glamour magic, it's, it's physical manipulation. Jim's conversations with John E.L. Tenney are also very interesting to listen to. For me, it's always a pleasure to see the similarities and experiences with people over there in North America. The insight of the person who could communicate with Bigfoot through thought started me thinking about the similarities with Capres. Bigfoots are seen in forests, near trees, not necessarily smoking a cigar, but in the vicinity of trees and forests same place where capris are seen as well. 
they are described similarly. They're dark and tall and sometimes hairy. Listeners know that I have a healthy obsession connecting the creatures of folklore from all around the globe. I always hope that we get to see more connections. Are you a UFOMET fan as well? Have you been experiencing things that go bump in the night? Feel free to email us at paranormalsph at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. If you want to have a post-show discussion, head over to our Discord server where we have a healthy, open-minded discussion about all the paranormal topics of interest. A side note, people there have met their new BFFs, new shopping friends, and a reunion between twin spirit guides as well. No, that is not a joke. (laughs) If that piqued your curiosity, do head over there and lurk or participate. The choice is yours. Obviously, most of it is in Tagalog, so if you are an English-speaking person, uh, yeah, you will have to get someone to translate for you. A big thank you to our paranormal Patreons, Sunny, Pat, Jay, and Don. Your support helps keep the podcast episodes coming out in time. For, for those of you who are interested in supporting the podcast through Patreon, you can look at the links. There are different tiers to choose from. You can also support us with a cup of coffee through coffee. So the links for these are in the show notes below. Thank you, everyone. If you want to support us in another way, you can always share your favorite episodes to like-minded individuals. Opening minds about the paranormal is the goal of the podcast. You might not believe in all of it, but at least you are open to the possibilities. The Paranormal Podcast is engineered and produced by F90 Productions. If you have the time, please leave us a review on your preferred delivery platform. A like, a share, and subscribe. It really goes a long way to get the word out there. Thank you for listening, and please stay safe. Hello sa mga Latak listeners. Very specific itong LL portion na to for the Latak listeners who participated in the Latak Zoom call, which is a few days ago f- from when I'm recording this. Inabot ng 5 hours. 5 hours yon pero pagkatapos ng call, umabot pa ng 3 a.m. So plus 2 pa yata yun. Hours. So, dami kasi talaga, ano, baon. Daming pinag-usapan. So, Thank you to all the contributors. Daming kwento na na-share. Uh, na-excite tuloy ako edit yung mountain experiences kasi at least buo na. And lagpas isang oras na siya. So maganda yun. Madaming ambag si Crow X na nakakatakot. So salamat, sir. Educational rin syempre yung mga nakwento ni Crow X kasi uh, andun yung ibang basic rules and climbing and all that. So actually, uh, buo naman yung yung thoughts sa mountain climbing episode kasi yung uh, first guest namin ganun rin nagbigay rin siya ng tips and rules kung ano ginagawa usually sa climbs these are not hard and fast rules pero ito yung sinusunod nila thank you rin sa mama ni Audley na buksan tuloy ang usapan sa mga aswang 
paano sila nagko-coexist, anong, anong ginagawa nila sa Aswang Council. So, sa mga hindi nakasama, pasensya na. Maraming inside jokes na dahil doon. Pero may na-mention, mom ni Audley kasi na may Aswang Council na nagaganap sa medyo higher portion of the atmosphere. Ano kaya napag-uusapan nila doon? Sinong bibiktamahin? Sino yung off-limits? Anong bagong recipe ng atay? Ewan ko. Pero peace tayo. Kung may nakikinig aswang dyan, no? may lataklis doon yung aswang, peace tayo. Naiisip ko lang naman kung anong pinag-uusapan nyo sa, sa high council. Sa totoo lang, ang saya nung huling L session. Parang magandang gawin once a month or once in two months. Let's see. Hindi naman kailangan recorded kung ayaw nyo, di ba? Parang kamustahan lang. Parang uh, get together lang, di ba? Parang kulang yung araw-araw na kulitan sa Discord eh, no? Pero up to you guys. Let me know. I can host the Zoom call. Tapos, ayan, mag-wansusawa kayo. Anyway, pag-usapan natin sa Discord kung ano yung feel nyo. Ah, meron rin palang anonymous donor tayo doon. So, meron nag-message sa akin anonymously na kung magkakaroon nga doon ng monthly, paparaffle siya ng ano, pa-gcash. Paraffle na pa-gcash every month, o, di ba? So, let's see if matuloy yung uh, monthly na LL session. So, yun na muna. Parang uh, di pa ako nakadecompress dun sa ano na yun. Kwentuhan na yun. Grabe. Limang oras. Iba nga, nagising na ng hapon yata. <laughs> so, ayun. Thank you, LLs. Uh, ingat sa lahat. <laughs>